0: Chapter Eleven of Phoebe Daring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aaron Grassi. Phoebe Daring by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Eleven. How the Club Received a Donation what were all those children doing at the randolphs inquired cousin judith as becky and Don came in to dinner flushed and triumphant that was the toby clark marching club announced Don proudly i'm elected captain of it judith seemed puzzled tell me about it she said what's the idea Becky at once began an excited explanation, and Don broke into his sister so that, by listening carefully to the broken sentences, the little mother managed to get a fair idea of the object of the organization. "'You don't mind, do you?' Becky inquired anxiously. "'No, indeed. The marching club may not do Toby Clark much good, but it certainly will do him no harm. As you say, there'll be lots of fun in parading in defense of one so unjustly accused.' "'Becky and I are going to spend all our week's allowance on ribbon,' said Don, "'and we will make it into badges, "'and Al will print them this afternoon in gold letters. "'He got some gold powder with his printing outfit.' "'Can't I belong?' asked Sue, who had not been present at the meeting. "'Of course,' said Becky. "'Every able-bodied kid in town is welcome to join, "'and I'll bet a cookie they'll all come in. "'It's the swellest thing in Riverdale just now.' "'and not to belong to the Toby Clark Marching Club "'is to be just a nobody.' "'I think I would like to contribute the ribbon for the badges,' "'said Cousin Judith. "'How much will you need?' "'Oh, thank you,' they all cried gleefully, "'and Becky added that they wanted enough white ribbon "'to make a hundred badges. "'White's going to be our color,' said the girl, "'cause it's the emblem of innocence, "'and we'll stick to Toby's innocence till the cows come home.' We're all to wear white sashes, and I wish we could get white caps to match, but I don't suppose we can. "'I'll see if I can make a white cap,' remarked Phoebe, who was quite delighted with the idea of the marching club. "'If I find I can do it, I'll make one for every member.' This encouragement delighted Becky and Don, and after dinner Judith and Phoebe went downtown and purchased the ribbon for the badges and the white cotton cloth for the caps. Phoebe found it was not very difficult to make a round cap which consisted merely of a band and a crown, and the first one she stitched up on the machine was pronounced a success. It was becoming to boys and girls alike, and Becky thought Al could print T.C.M.C. on the front of each cap very easily. It took Allerton, assisted by Don, all the afternoon to print the badges, but they looked very pretty with their gold letters, and Doris fringed the end of each one to make it look more like a badge becky meantime was assisting phoebe with the caps and so was cousin judith they managed to make thirty before evening when the club was to meet and don was told to promise each member a cap as soon as the rest could be made nearly eighty children gathered on the lawn after supper and the new additions all signed the roll of the club and became members doris and becky pinned a badge upon each one and told them to wear it wherever they might go as a mark of distinction the thirty caps were also distributed and some had already provided and brought with them their white sashes these preparations filled the youngsters with joy and made them very proud of belonging to the new organization don got them in line and marched them around the grounds a while but the evenings were short at this time of the year and the children were soon dismissed with instructions to assemble on monday after school and to bring as many new members as could be induced to join the badges were worn even to church the next day and aroused much curiosity but not a boy nor girl would tell what t c m c meant as they had pledged themselves to keep the club and its object a deep secret until they were ready to parade perhaps it was not wholly a desire to help toby clark that animated these children "'although after they were enrolled in the marching club, "'they one and all warmly defended him if his innocence was questioned. "'What most attracted them was the club itself, "'with its glamour of badges, sashes, caps, refreshments at meetings, "'its drills and parades, and the promises of brass bands and gold medals. "'Doris, a conscientious little girl, took Don Daring to task for making those rash promises.' "'but the boy protested that they would get a band somehow or other. "'And as for the medals, he had only said he would ask Congress for them, "'and he meant to keep his word. "'If Congress refused to present the medals, it wouldn't be his fault anyhow. "'They drilled every afternoon during the following week. "'Phoebe finished the caps and supplied sashes to those children "'who were unable to get them at home. "'Becky wheedled Aunt Hyacinth, "'the black mammy who had been with the Daring's all their lives, INTO MAKING A HUNDRED COOKIES ONE DAY, AND A HUNDRED FRIED CAKES THE NEXT, AND WITH THESE THE GIRLS SERVED LEMONADE TO THE CLUB. WEDNESDAY AFTERNOON DORIS AGAIN SUPPLIED THE REFRESHMENTS, AND ON THURSDAY COUSIN JUDITH FURNISHED ICE-CREAM FOR THE WHOLE ASSEMBLAGE. JANET FERGUSON, WHOSE INTEREST HAD BEEN AROUSED BY THE UNIQUE IDEA OF THE TOBY CLARK MARCHING CLUB, PROVIDED THE REFRESHMENTS FOR FRIDAY and Saturday was to be the day of the first great parade. But before this, the marching club received its greatest surprise, resulting in its greatest impetus. On Thursday, Doris Randolph came running over to the Daring Place breathless with excitement, and waving a letter as she met Becky and Dawn. "'Oh, dear!' she gasped. "'What do you suppose has happened?' "'The North Star has gone out?' answered Becky, laughing. "'No, it's something great—wonderful,' said Doris. "'Just listen to this letter. "'The postman brought it a minute ago.' She opened the letter with fluttering fingers and read as follows. "'Miss Doris Randolph, Treasurer of the Toby Clark Marching Club, "'we beg to inform you that one of our customers "'who wishes to remain unknown "'has placed to your credit in Spaced Bank THE SUM OF FIFTY DOLLARS TO BE USED FOR THE PROMOTION OF THE CLUB AS ITS OFFICERS DEEM BEST. VERY RESPECTFULLY. SPAITH'S BANK BY ERIC SPAITH, CASHIER "'Well, for goodness' sake!' exclaimed Becky. Fifty dollars? Who do you suppose sent it, Doris?' "'I don't know any more than the letter tells us, but what in the world will we do with all that money?' "'I know.' "'said Don, so astonished that he had been speechless until now. "'We'll hire the Riverdale Coronet Band for Saturday.' "'Good idea,' said Becky. "'Let's go see Ed Collins, the leader of the band, right away.' "'But wait,' cried Doris. "'Don't let us do anything rash. "'We'd better wait until the club meets this afternoon "'and let them all vote on it.' "'Nonsense,' said Don. "'Don't the letter say the money's to be used as the officers think best?' well we're the officers where's al i think he is studying his lessons at present said al's sister never mind we're the majority so let's vote to hire the band proposed Don. better let allerton into this said becky cautiously he's mighty sensitive and there's no use having war in our own camp as for the others they're all dummies but it won't take more than a jiffy to hunt al up and get his vote on the proposition "'We must all start for school very soon,' said Doris. "'And if you will wait for us, Allerton and I will join you. "'Then on our way we can talk it over and decide what is best to be done.' "'This, being a sensible suggestion, it was adopted, "'and Doris ran across to her home while Becky flew upstairs "'to tell Phoebe and the little mother the wonderful news. "'It is certainly strange,' commented Phoebe thoughtfully. "'I wonder who could have sent this money.' never mind who sent it cried becky we've got it and we'll hire the band and the whole town will go crazy over the marching club on saturday then off she ran to talk it over with don again and cousin judith said to phoebe there may be a clue for you in this donation my lady conspirator that occurred to me at once replied the girl seriously no one would donate fifty dollars to the marching club unless greatly interested in the fate of poor toby and who so likely to be interested in saving him as the one who really took mrs ritchie's box in that case the thief has a conscience and does not wish an innocent person to suffer for his own fault commented judith therefore thinking the marching club may assist toby's case the guilty one has donated fifty dollars to the cause perhaps a part of the stolen money suggested phoebe "'Very likely. The letter says he wishes to conceal his identity, but—' "'The Spathes must know who it is!' exclaimed Phoebe. "'Of course. I'm going to see Eric right away. "'He wrote the letter, Cousin Judith, and Eric knows if anyone does. "'But will he tell you? "'He is very much interested in Toby and greatly worried over the way his case drags. "'Eric told me the other day he would do anything to save Toby. "'Then I advise you to see him.' Phoebe glanced out of the window. Becky and Don and the two Randolph children were just starting for school, eagerly canvassing the joyful news as they went. So Phoebe put on her things and quietly followed them, wending her way to Spath's Bank. This was a neat brick building, quite the most imposing bit of architecture in town. At this early hour, the doors had just been opened, and no customer had as yet appeared. "'Eric was back of the cashier's desk "'and greeted the girl with a cheery, "'Good morning.' "'Who gave fifty dollars to the marching club, Eric?' "'She asked. "'Some unknown person, Miss Daring,' "'he replied with a smile. "'Not unknown to the bank, however,' "'she said meaningly. "'You see, it's this way,' "'Phoebe added as the young man shook his head positively. "'Whoever gave that money knows something, Eric, "'and we must find out who it is.' perhaps perhaps it's the thief himself returned eric it struck me at the time as a curious proceeding in view of the circumstances he continued but the truth is i'm as much in the dark as you are how can you be she protested yesterday afternoon the governor came in from his private office and told me to write the letter to doris randolph i worded it just as i was instructed but when i asked who was the donor my father merely frowned and said he must respect the person's wish to remain unidentified then mr spaythe knows undoubtedly you may question him if you like he's in his private office now but i'm sure you won't learn anything phoebe sighed she believed eric was right in this assertion mr spaythe was a man who guarded all confidences with the utmost loyalty "'he would be likely to resent any attempt to penetrate this secret Phoebe well knew, "'and she abandoned any thought of appealing to the banker. "'The governor is Toby's friend, you know,' remarked Eric, "'as he noted her disappointed expression. "'If he has discovered anything through this donation, "'you may be sure he will take advantage of it when the proper time comes.' "'That thought cheered Phoebe somewhat on her way home. "'But just as she reached the house,' another thought intruded itself and she sat down on the porch bench to think it out mr spaythe although considered far above any breath of suspicion actually headed her list of suspects in other words the banker was one of those who knew of the box and that it contained money and he might have had the opportunity to steal it she rapidly ran over in her mind the arguments she had used for and against the probability of mr spaythe's having taken the box and she shook her head doubtfully. There was much that was suspicious in the banker's actions. His astonishing defense of Toby Clark, whom before the arrest he had scarcely noticed, could not be easily explained. "'The thief, the one we're after, was a clever person,' mused Phoebe. "'I doubt if he would be reckless enough to go to Mr. Spaythe and ask him to give that fifty dollars to the marching club and to keep his name secret.' mr spaith would know at once that such a person was the guilty one no it wasn't the criminal someone honestly interested in toby's welfare gave that money or else or else it was mr spaith himself she tried to consider this last possibility mr spaith was not a charitable man he seldom or never espoused any cause through pure philanthropy there was something beneath his sudden interest in toby clark a poor and friendless boy, and that something was not mere kindliness, Phoebe felt sure. He might be politic enough to assist a wealthy and powerful man in trouble, but not one who, like Toby, could make him no return. What, then, had impelled the banker to pursue this generous course toward the accused boy? Phoebe went in to talk it over with cousin Judith, but found the house in a commotion old aunt hyacinth was sweeping the parlour vigorously although this was not sweeping day judith in cap and apron was dusting and rearranging the furniture and phoebe looked at the extraordinary scene in amazement End of chapter eleven